This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace, offering everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. Extensive options, ease of selection, and flexibility at your fingertips help make sure your time is wonderfully spent. Viator is the place to go to book experiences that will create long-lasting moments that make lifetime memories. And Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences to choose from in over 190 countries. In fact, in fact, just last year, Viator helped my family put together this amazing adventure on the island of Kona. Swimming with the manta rays, trying to avoid the barracudas, whatever your wildest dreams. If you can imagine it, Viator probably has an experience just for you. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in Viator's world of wonderful experiences. Viator. One site. Over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Welcome to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen. This show is our initial reaction to the 3-0 phone loss against Everton at Goodison Park. This is a very disappointing loss, and we're going to just share our initial reaction to it. Before I do anything else, I have to welcome Max back on the show. Max, how you doing? You can't be doing that great. I know yeah. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, not, not, not a good afternoon. Very, very no. frustrating afternoon, to say the least. Very frustrating, my friend. So let's just get right to it. Just your opening thoughts on uh, what we watched today. The back four is a disaster, and you can't really point fingers at, at least for the management for this. I, it's the injuries we've suffered, and, and the luck we've got has been just terrible. Fossi Mensa, who's our first choice right back, goes yep. down, dislocated shoulder, five minutes in. That's, I don't know how long, it's a month. That's, that's not a quick injury to come back from what happened to Shea Ojo last year. Cyrus Christie comes in. Cyrus Christie is not Premier League quality. I don't care what kind of way you want to spin this. <laughs> He's not a good defender in the Premier League, and he got exposed all match long. And frustrating things for me, he couldn't handle a Charleston. That's fair. A lot of defenders yes. struggle with him. 
but he got a yellow 30 minutes and he was handicapped for this match. Couldn't do anything. And on that last goal, I'm, I'm going to go back to it. The game's over at that point. That's fine. He doesn't, he loses the ball at the pitch. He doesn't, he jogs back. He lets Sigurdsson have a free finish there. No effort. That's, that's so disappointing. That's frustrating. And his delivery and his, his attacking, his, his cross, his attacking play was terrible on match. It's like when we're playing with a man down. And then we do go a man down. Joe Bryan, our fourth choice left back, goes out injured. We've already made our three subs. Ten men for the last five minutes. How long is he going to be out? We don't even know. Yeah. It's going to force Sessima to play further back. It's going to create a lot of issues for us. And Adoy, I like Adoy. Adoy's like one of, I like, him, I like him as a player. I like him as a person. The penalty decision, it's stupid to push him. Ben is coming out, and he just leaves the unmarked. By the way, if anyone has any thoughts on that, go watch the replay on that because he pushes off pretty good. I, I, I have to single out the individual, individual defenders because that's what the issue is. We're shipping goals like it's nobody's business. We can't continue to do this. And it's the back four, Russ, is going to change again. It's going to change again and again. Yeah. We're not going to settle on a consistent back four. We're seven matches into the season. Where do we find a solution? The attack today was non-existent, but that's not the reason we lost today. But no. that's the defense. I'm going to focus on the defense right now because that's what I'm most frustrated about. That's the biggest question, and I cannot see a solution. I just can't see a solution coming. It's a hard situation because you are now talking about injuries, and uh, it's very interesting that that's the first place you go because we're talking about the defense. And uh, Mensa happening so early, I thought, was uh, – Something that they could overcome for the match, but overall, I, I don't want to see Cyrus Christie as your starting right back. Nothing against him, but he is more of a championship-level right back. Let's just be honest what he is. Can he play a little bit at the uh, Premier League level? Time will tell, but he struggled today, like you mentioned. He's serviceable, if that, at that position. Not terrible. He's serviceable, but he was going against someone that is very good in Let's be honest, he struggled. On the left-hand side, you had Joe Bryan, and uh, I wanted Joe Bryan back, so here I am wanting him back, and he goes off injured. Now, we're not sure what the injury was, but if I was just looking at it and the announcers were talking about if it is a hamstring, that could be some time, my friend. They were speculating that it could be a hamstring injury. They weren't sure, so yeah. we'll see. We'll see if this is something that is long-term or something that's short-term. But Beyond that, it's uh, very disappointing. Then you have Reem and Odoi coming back in. And let me ask you this. How much of a difference do you think Tim Reem made in this match? Because I kept talking about wanting to see him back. We're talking about the overall back four. How did he do here, in your opinion? I, I, I thought he was okay. I, I don't think he made a massive difference, honestly. I think, you know, I think there was more composure in general. I think having him there was better than any other center back option we had. So for that, I think he was definitely the, the right man to start. I think there are certain times he gave the ball away really poorly, you know, making a couple square passes. And honestly, Adoy had to bail him out. So I think both center backs had their share of problems, but also recovered well on, on occasion. And there were times when he just got caught in the ball. I mean, we saw it in the second half early on. Yeah. Everton came out all, all guns blazing. We did not come out of the, the dressing room with any – sort of impetus or ambition, and Everton did. And I think that was the difference. The match was won in the first five to ten minutes. You know, totally. easily could have had that penalty. We just did. I, I thought the first half for us, I was impressed. I was pleased with that first half performance. Well, that see, that's, ten minutes, that's yeah, the problem with all like this, match. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's part of my initial reaction. 
Everton deserved this. It could have been worse than 3-0. But this was different than losing 3-0 to Manchester City because there was an opportunity in the first half to get ahead. And as the announcers kept saying, Max, I'm thinking to myself, they didn't score here. It's going to come back to bite them. And it did. And to Everton's credit, they come out firing on all cylinders in the second half, put the pressure on like you're talking about. That goal was coming. And it could have been the penalty. Sigurdsson misses, but he makes up for it shortly after that. And as a friend of mine in Spain was messaging me, and we're going back and forth, he said it was pretty much game over at that point. And do I think it was game over at that point? I don't know if I would say it's game over, but it was going to be very difficult at this point because they were so far on the front foot and we were struggling to get going. And then you had the opportunity, another opportunity. These things against the team at Goodison Park, you have to take advantage of. You have Vieto, one-on-one with a goalkeeper. And his first touch was horrible. And let's give Pickford all the credit in the world. They score there. He scores there. It's totally different. Maybe things are are different. There are two opportunities to change the game. One in the first half, and the second to get an equalizer, Max. Yeah, and and one thing I like to say is, I have to separate the two chances. The Cessino chance, I'm going to say it. I don't know if people are going to agree with this or not, but it's not as bad as if he had a miss. Sessin, first of all, the build-up play for that was great, so that's a much better move, I think. And, and his first touch, Sessin, was very good. You know, He calmed himself. He took a great touch. And, yes, he missed. And you have to score. That's the bottom line. But I think if he goes anywhere else in that goal, I think Pickford actually closes the angle really well. So he's left Sessin with – he's forced him to go high. I think a lot of players might have kind of drilled that low, and that's easily saved. It's much more routine. Sessian has I don't know, the vision, the, the ambition to go high and, and try to loft it over with power. It hits the bar. It's very close. It doesn't go in. That's the main point. But I don't think you can blame him. He should score. But the Vieto chance was much more um, – he's much more culpable for it because I think he had so much space there. He did. You know, the ball – and the touch was just – I mean, that's dreadful. But then one thing, I mean, I don't know how to, how to explain this, but – when he makes that touch, he almost he doesn't immediately chase after it. He almost still kind of thinks he can dink it over Pickford. So there's kind of a hesitation before he tries to poke it past him. And by that point, it's too late, and, and, and the chance is gone. And there are a couple of players in the attack today I'm going to talk about. Vieta was a passenger. He didn't do anything. Sherla, for most of the match, didn't do anything. Um, I thought Sessinon was, was, was brighter than, than, those, than the others. I thought he had a good match. But Mitrovic, you can't blame him because he doesn't get any service. But, you know... We just did not get that attack into the flow. I mean, maybe 10 to 15 minutes towards the end of the second half, apart right. from, from the first half. Apart from that, no combination, no fluidity. Um, did, not, did not really get our, our play going. Right. And listen, we had a decent flow, like you said, in the end of the first half. That was when Fulham were on the front foot. And I thought Fulham ended the first half, Max. Maybe you disagree with me as the better side of the first half. Oh, I agree. Without a doubt. So – for that to happen, and, and we talk about often a game of two halves, and then to see what we saw in the second half, and listen, we have every right to pick at everything that Fulham did wrong here, but you have to look at the play of Everton and how they were pressing us, how they were attacking us, and made us uncomfortable to when they got the ball back and they were creating opportunity after opportunity. It was not an accident. Look at all the corners they had, all the free kicks they had. They created all that, many of them in the second half, much more in the second half, and that's a credit to them. But we were also creating our own mistakes. We were making our own mistakes, Max, 
And that's, I think, what you're also talking about. So that's on fault. But the victory does come down to an excellent second half by Everton and Fulham just not being good enough and not taking advantage of their opportunities to change the game twice. They had two opportunities to do that, my friend, and they did not on either one of them. You cannot do that there. And in my opinion, 3-0, like you said, it could have been 4-0, maybe even more than that. But I don't know if it's going to be 3-0 if Joe Bryan goes off and they're down to 10 men. I think that's a factor in that. So I think that inflates it a little bit. But could they have scored other goals? Yes, but so could Fulham had scored those two goals. We, we can go back and forth on that. Here's the one thing that I want to go to you because, I, like I mentioned, I was going back and forth with my friend in Spain, and he told me to take off my rose-tinted glasses because I'm still very positive on this team. I know what you're saying about the back four, and sometimes when you're in situations like this, after a bad loss, gives you pause to, again, try to fix the issues because I think the talent's there but they're just not getting it done because they certainly got it done for one half max. And that tells me that if you can get it done for a half, you can get it done for a full match. So I'm looking at this as one game and not looking at it extrapolating to the entire season. Well, I'm going to ask you this question said to by a friend that I should mention this. So this is what I'm going to mention. And uh, my friend just said this to me. I don't have the exact, message in front of me but basically he said that i should go on this show and tell fans that we will be in a long relegation battle this season max i disagree with that i'm not going to say that in fact my friend because he kept going at me i would just throw out my prediction and i'm not going to change my prediction maybe it is far-fetched but i also watched crystal palace not get a point in their first seven matches in intent so i'm not changing my mind i still see the way that they can get to 10th because we will be a second-half team. But do you feel that we are going to be in a long-term relegation battle this season? I still don't. Yeah, I, I, I can't see it happening. There are a lot of bad teams in the Premier League. And I, I know it's said a lot, but it's true. There are some really terrible teams. Cardiff, Newcastle, Huddersfield. All these teams have not even won a match. Only have two points in the opening six or seven matches. We're above them. You have Burnley. You know, only four points. And it's us, Southampton, Brighton, all in five after seven. All one win, two draws, four losses. We're going to be okay. You know, we're not going to be where we thought we were. I thought we were. I said eighth at one point. After we were on that high and all the signings, that's not going to happen. I'm going to say that. I, I can't see us making that kind of push. But what will happen is we're going to be in that, I mean, 12 you know, to 10 area, 13 to 10 area. We're going to be in that zone. We're not going to be top half because right now we're just not – we're too naive. We don't have that Premier League now that other teams have been here for a bunch of seasons. Have. We still are at times too open. Our defense is still not settled. But we're not going to be in a relegation dogfight. I think we're going to be in that middle zone, and I think a lot, it's going to be pretty popular. I think there are some terrible teams. I'm going to say that here now. Cardiff Huddersfield, they're, they're down. You know, these teams are not going to stay in the Premier League. And I, I probably I said that. I agree with those, you. Those teams are down. In reality, it's going to be – five or six teams, four or five teams for that 18th spot who are going to be in there. And I think it's going to be the likes of Newcastle and Burnley. I think Brighton's going to fall down there. Um, I, don't think, I don't think Southampton are that clear either. Um, and we're not going to be in there. And if we are in there, we're going to be at the top of those teams because I think we have more quality. We play better football. But I at totally, the end of the day, totally we're agree. not going to be in the dogfight. 
And listen, I understand why my friend brought this to my attention and uh, obviously this frustration after the match, and I get all that. And then, of course, look who we're playing upcoming. We're playing Arsenal. And then we play Cardiff City on the road, and, you know, he's looking at, well, where are the points going to come from? That's a big match away, Cardiff. It is. It's a huge match. But I think we're a much better team than we were the last time we faced at Cardiff City. I think they're the same. I just do. So we can talk about that in a few weeks. And I look forward to Fulham playing against Arsenal. And I'm going to tell you why. Obviously, this loss is extremely disappointing. But let me ask you this, because this is what I've been asking myself after the match. This is also my initial reaction. Would you have predicted a 3-0 loss to Fulham at halftime? No, 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 no. So ask yourself, if you're not predicting that, then why would you start saying that we're going to be in a relegation battle? Because there's a reason why it was nil-nil at the half. We were even or potentially better than Everton at Goodison Park for a half. So if you want to talk about this being a a bad loss, a bad second half, a terrible second half, and a great second half for Everton, I'm there with you. They were the better team. They deserved the victory. Absolutely. But if you're going to get me to now go into that box of let's talk about relegation, I'm not there with you. I'm just not going there. And this isn't about me taking off any glasses. It's looking at the league, looking at the team's in and around us, and also looking at the fact that I know Fulham are going to get better because they have the talented players to get better. It's going to get better. Will it get better overnight? No. There are issues there. But yeah, I think that they are also, fixable yeah. issues, Max. I do. I think they're fixable. Yeah, and, and these kind of – I mean, I said this after the Man City game, and it's, it's a slightly different situation, but it's the same general uh, premise. These aren't the matches that are going to determine whether we go up or not. You know, no. These are away matches that could good teams. And let's not take anything away from Everton. This is a team – that honestly should be in the top seven, top six. The That's players right. they have, the quality in this team, it, they're underachieving. And I, I mean, to be fair, we're the team that kind of brought out their best, which is not great. But this is a team that really, how they played in the second half, they're a very good team. They're a team, I think, on par with the likes of Arsenal. You know? They should be that team who's looking top seven, top six. They're not going to be in that top five. They're not going to break that the top clubs. They should be the best of the rest and at the, at the very best of that because they've invested very heavily. They can buy players like Richarlison like Bernard, who's just coming off the bench, like Cenk Tosin and Schneiderlin. I mean, they spent almost 100. I mean, they spent a lot more than us, let's be honest, on better players. So this is a good team, and it's a tough place to go. We don't play well there. Everyone knows that. So this loss is not them in the world, but the performance is what worries me. But you're right. Time is going to make us better, and the defense is an absolute shambles right now. It is. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm, I, I, I could call it a, a bunch of things, but that's not appropriate for, for, for the show. It's terrible, but it's going to get better. And we know we cannot, we're not going to have this poor luck with injuries all season. You know, I, I, in the end, this is what I believe, Russ. I believe Mawson is going to come back and be the defender we think he is. He's going to build a very good partnership with Tim Marine. And Foster Mensa and Brian, those are our long term fullbacks. And if those, that defense can gel, if they can play consistently together, that back four, we are going to be okay. Because if you look, if you look up the pitch, we're primarily quality. The defense is what's letting us down. And once they gel, it's going to take a while. But once that happens, it's going to be all right. And I understand why you're talking about that, Max, because, listen, it's easy to look at one bad loss, and that's why we're doing initial reaction. I understand why I'm getting some of these initial reactions. And I'm sure it's all over, over social media, this type of reaction. Uh-oh, here we go again. And I just don't see it. Those teams that we talked about when Fulham were in the Premier League prior, 
I could understand that a lot more than this team because this team can score goals. It didn't score goals today. That is what I believe will keep them in this division and healthy in this division is what they have going forward. What could stop them from going as high as you and I predicted, Max, will be the defense. That's what we're looking at. That's my thinking on this. Again, if you if we want to look at it long term, I don't see a relegation battle. And uh, if I'm wrong, I'll come on the show and I'll say I'm wrong. But right now, I'm not changing my mind on that. And I'm going to stick by my prediction and I'll go down with it because I predicted at the beginning of the season. So I'll stick with it. All right, my friend. We're going to be doing the post-match show on Sunday. So we'll go into more detail on this uh, very disappointing loss. But there are some good things to come out of this from the first half. And I definitely want to talk about it because, again, there are, there are many negatives to talk about. But you would agree that if you looked at the first half, like I mentioned, there are things that you can say, okay, we can play with these guys. Yeah. Andre Frank Zambo and Gisa, the biggest positive for me in this match. Okay. First half was excellent. He showed us what we all thought he'd be a combative, physical, ball winning central midfielder who can also start attacks. I, I wonder if you agree with me. He, I think he showed that he's going to be that, that starter for the rest of the season. What, what do you think about his play in that first half? I thought he was good. And again, I wanted to see him. And uh, it's funny because they pretty much had the starting 11 max that I wanted to see. We'll talk about that more on the post-match show, but I'm encouraged by some of these players that we're starting to see. We're talking about Seri, obviously, but I think Nguyen is going to be a huge player for us. I think it's yeah. just a matter of time. That's my view on it. Yeah, he was excellent. He was really excellent, and that gives me hope a lot because <clears throat> I think a lot of our issues kind of focus on you know, the back four, but also why, why is the back four being so exposed? Possibly because the center midfielders aren't giving them that much cover. So if Anguissa can come in and, and give that cover, um, then that's going to solve a lot of our problems uh, in defense as well. But, you know, I'm going to have to point our fingers at him because as unfair as this may be, the individual moments that lead to goals are what loses teams' matches. And on that Sigurdsson goal, you know, eliminate the first one, I think he just stands there and watches him. I don't think he, – he doesn't move to the ball. He's, he's daydreaming. He lets Sigurdsson have the time. I think there has to be more pressure on there. I th- he's just standing beside it without even putting in challenge. Yeah. 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 Now, listen, good, good stuff there, my friend. And we will go through all of this uh, on the upcoming uh, post-match show. But let's wrap this up. For my co-host, Max Cohen, I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.